I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about XDR, Unified Security. We're chatting about what XDR is, what elements a solution should contain, and what you should focus on for your business when you start out. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to choose the best XDR solution for your business. I'm joined today by Ryan Cronier from CoreServe. Ryan, uh, welcome. Good morning, thank you very much for inviting me. So uh, we always start the show by um, just giving a, a little bit of background a, a, around, um, you don't sound like you started in the game yesterday. So uh, maybe no. just give us a little bit of background uh, of how you got to where you are today. Oh, okay. Well, uh, for my sins, I've been in uh, um, the IT industry for nearly three decades now, all the way from the beginnings of the internet to what it is today. Um, and you know, I've been involved in large projects, you know, multinationals, etc. Uh, at the enterprise level, you know, controlling everything within the, um, the organization, making sure it's under control. And naturally, over time, uh, it's become more focused on cybersecurity space. Because uh, the fact of the matter, it's uh, a very, very uh, valuable business to be in, in terms of hacking. So there's a lot of uh, threats that come out there. And of course, all the organizations from small companies all the way through to your large enterprises uh, need to be defended against this because uh, uh, the viruses are no longer the fun viruses of my youth that just displayed uh, a uh, you know, funny message on your screen or made your icons drop off. <laughs> they actually can destroy a company now. If you think of a ransomware attack, if it wipes out all your data, um, depending on what you've got in place, you can actually shut down the business. Because, uh, as you know, the world operates on data nowadays. 100%. And, uh, so, so yeah. Ryan, tell me quickly, um, I'm interested now, so what, what was your, your sort of first job in the industry when you talk about when the internet started out? Oh, well, after I finished at WITS, um, I actually went, my very first job in the industry was uh, uh, working for a small company that uh, was setting up exchange server for Arthur Kaplan Jewelers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started off there implementing the, the, the email uh, infrastructure for Arthur Kaplan Jewelers. I always tell the youngsters that uh, work with me now that uh, in the early days, we uh, still had co companies that dialed up to the internet uh, to download that's the mails. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I did. That, that exchange server for other Captain Judas was working through a dial-up modem uh, and uh, uh, downloading all the mail for all the corporates. You know? And it, so and it dialed up like every hour or so. So it's it's not like today where the mail just comes. It's, uh, you had to, you had to wait for it. Uh, you had to wait for it. You, had, uh, uh, you know, if you sent an email now, uh, the closest uh, time you could get a response was two hours from now because of the scheduling <laughs> of the dial-up. Yeah. Uh, what a blast. Um, okay, Ryan, so so I think let's get straight into it. So so I, I use the term XDR. Um, yes. How would you des describe what XDR is? 
Okay, so as everybody knows, the IT industry, or as they call it now, the ICT industry, we love our acronyms. Yes, TLAs. We come up with acronyms for everything. I think there might even be an acronym for a toasted sandwich somewhere. But uh, XTR is one of our lovely acronyms, and uh, it stands for Extended Detection and Response. It's a fairly new term. It only got coined by Nerzak of Palo Alto Networks in 2018. So that term's only been around for the last five years. But it is a concept more than a product. So uh, if you think of extended detection, and it's very nice, what it's doing is it's no longer good enough just to look at what's happening on your laptop or your computer. You've got to combine information, you know, for instance, what's happening in your mail. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm listening yeah, sorry. Uh, with bated breath. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, so XDR is actually uh, collecting and correlating data from various sources, like your endpoint, your email, what's happening on the network, um, as example. What's happening on your servers? What's happening in your cloud? A lot of people have got services in the cloud. Think yeah. of Office 365. Think of Google uh, G Suite. Now, the um, extended detection response was uh, brought about uh, to deal with a new reality of, of what cybersecurity is and what we're facing. Because let's be honest, no matter who you are and what protections you've got in place, you're getting breached. You just have to look at... You know, some news articles for the last year, you'll see major security vendors around the world, they're getting breached and all that. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be able to detect. So that's what extended detection response is, combining this information so that you get complete visibility of what's happening. So you can see if there's an unknown virus, for instance, or if a hacker is using a new technique because instead of trying to find that exact virus, which is how viruses work, all right, yeah, uh, um, uh, you know uh, uh, how antiviruses work, they they have a signature, you know. So so uh, people detect a virus, they go and say, "This is how you detect a virus," and they tell the antivirus that. Now that obviously doesn't work when it's a brand new virus, because nobody's uh, worked out that signature, that rule on how to detect it. So how do you detect the new ones? Well, you've got to monitor the behavior of what's happening in your environment. Like a common one is uh, um, there are known malicious servers on the internet and they're called command and control servers. Yeah. And that's what these ransomware guys used to send commands to the virus. So if you look at uh, uh, um, what the, uh, a person's computer is doing, and they try to communicate to one of these uh, uh, known malicious hosts, one of these command and control servers out there, then you know they've got a virus on, even if the antivirus can't pick it up. It might be a brand new one, or it might be a tech have done something special there, but it is communicating with that known malicious host out there. So then if you've got visibility of that with an XDR solution, you can go and remediate that device, either reload it or block it off or 
calling in a forensic analysis to see exactly what that new virus is. So that's where XDR came about. It's dealing with a new reality in the cybersecurity space, which is... And to me, no, that no. it almost um, speaks to what what we talk a lot on the show is is that you need a sort of a holistic view of what's happening or, or of what the the ICT footprint is for a company instead of just um, focusing on certain elements. So, um, Ryan, yeah. when you look at at um, an XDR platform, what are the typical elements that that make up this this uh, platform or offering, if you want to call it that? Okay, well, at the base of uh, an XDR solution is antivirus. You know, you've got to have something that detects all the existing viruses because, you know, there's lots of viruses that have been generated over the years and can clean it up. Can, can I ask you on that? Sorry, sorry to interject there. Um, if if um, the, we're actually getting to it uh, a little bit later, but uh, seeing that you brought it up, um, if you if you um, if you have antivirus running on a on a on a PC endpoint as an example, and there's a known virus, how long does uh, a known virus typically stay uh, sort of in circulation? Oh, oh, now that's a question uh, uh, because a known virus. Uh, um, remember, if there's there's people out there that haven't got an antivirus on or people have not updated their antivirus. You know, they, they've installed it once and uh, um, never updated it again. So viruses will live on there. And you can be on a network where uh, you know, 90% of the, the, the machines are all up to date and the antivirus is eliminated. But you have that one machine that's not kept up to date. The virus will live in there and it'll wait for the next opportunity. You know, you spin up another server or, or, or you know, uh, an antivirus gets uninstalled from a server, it'll hop back on there. Okay. So that, uh, the, the virus within an organization, the antivirus must be across the board. So, so, so once, a, once a, a, a known virus is out, it can, it can potentially at any forever pose a threat to, to a, a business. Because what I was thinking is, is well, you, you know, the, the minute a virus, a virus becomes known and antivirus starts blocking it, will it not sort of yeah. then die a natural death? But what you're basically saying is is that virus can lurk uh, around and then and in maybe yeah. there's, a, there's a new machine that doesn't have antivirus on it and it, and it grabs it or, or somebody, yeah. somebody's antivirus is out of date. So it's a continuous onslaught, if you want to call it that. That's exactly it. It's very similar to a human virus. You, know? uh, uh, you can go and eliminate the virus at the virus population, but a couple of people have got it, it can spread again from okay. there. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, I, I um, interrupted you. You were, you were saying at the base of the offering is, is antivirus, and then what does the rest of yeah. the, the platform or the, or the approach look like? Well, there are various uh, areas. So if we uh, split up into the four main areas, there's, you want to prevent, number one, getting infected first, okay? So how do you prevent? There's a couple of things. Your patches, your operating system patches, and your third-party applications, like Adobe, like, uh, uh, you know, what, uh, whatever these third-party apps you do, even WebEx, whatever. They all have vulnerabilities that get discovered by um, hackers, which allows them to compromise your system. 
So part of the prevention, keeping the patches up to date, not just for the operating system, but for all your third party applications as well. Part of that prevention as well, depending on what products you go for, you get some very fancy uh, capabilities now where uh, um, uh, certain XDR products will see that your machine is trying to communicate with one of those malicious hosts and stop it. Uh, so think of it as a user day to day, you're going about your job you, and you surf in the net and you click a link that's a malicious website. Now, uh, a good product will stop you from going to that malicious website in the first place. So preventing you from getting infected in the, oh, okay. in, in the first place. So that's the first thing, prevention. The next is detection and response. That's you know, where your antivirus lives in. It's detect uh, unusual process behavior, uh, a new uh, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, existing virus, etc., and let's remove it. Okay? And then uh, uh, you, know, uh, um, uh, you can go into complying with uh, um, certain security standards, but that a good product will have that built in for you. It will highlight quite easily if you're uh, um, you're not uh, susceptible to an attack, etc. And then it's continuous defense, making sure your products are deployed to all your users and all your systems and up-to-date and operational. Um, so, and, and when I listen to this, uh, it sounds like it's quite structured and quite broad. Um, in Catalytic, we, we spend a lot of time with uh, SME-type customers, uh, which doesn't have that luxury, you know. I always talk about the the IT guy that uh, you know everybody's got this IT guy that does some stuff for them. Um, but in an SME environment, which is maybe not that structured, you know, there's a, they've got a couple of PCs and they and they connecting to to the uh, uh, Office three six five or Google for their mail, um, and there's maybe a server that runs it. You know, there's not a, a set strategy around that. What would you say is the most important of these elements to to focus on? Well, okay. for SME, uh, number one, backup. Back up your data. And I don't mean just copy into a folder that's connected to OneDrive because that's connected to your computer. The ransomware will go and encrypt what's on OneDrive. I mean backup to a, an external drive or backup offline, backup to a machine that you just backup to and shut down. Because you can always recover if you've got your data. Okay. No matter what happens, you can build that. So that's number one. And number two, a most common problem that I see in all size organizations, don't let your users run as a local admin. Because that's administrator rights to the machine. That means they click on the wrong email attachment or the wrong web link. That virus installs as an administrator, so it gets access. So a simple trick, you know, make sure that your users are running uh, as a, a user, not a local administrator. Okay. So those are simple, out of the you know, low cost, no cost to do, and obviously do patching. But then uh, um, for SMEs, yes, uh, they haven't got a security uh, you know, that's not their business. Their, their main business is doing whatever they do. So they can't afford to employ this whole security department. But there are a lot of options out there. 
An SME can get enterprise level security through uh, um, services. Uh, even in South Africa, we've got uh, MSSPs, uh, which are which is another acronym, stands for <laughs> Security Service Provider. And it's nice to budget for because they usually just charge per user. And then you can have enterprise grade protection with the services but you're just paying on a per user basis. And and on that point, that that is sort of um, um, what what I wanted to refer to the the historical concept of of having just antivirus on your on your PC or your or your laptop. Uh, that's that's not enough anymore. No, it is not enough. There's so many different attacks that don't even involve uh, any virus. You know, you could have in your environment, uh, uh, something configured incorrectly, which is open to the internet and allowing people on. Uh, um, also, um, you've heard of business email compromise. That's a big thing nowadays. That's not using a virus at all. That's where somebody impersonates somebody in the company, like the, the CFO or your manager, and they manage to uh, um, impersonate their email. And they send an email and say, oh, quickly pay Ryan you know, a million rand, I forgot to pay it. You know, and then people go in, uh, they're doing the CFO a favor, and they do that payment mm -hmm. in time it was a fraudulent email. So you need that multi-layer. You need to protect the email. You need to protect the network. You need to protect on the, uh, on the endpoint. Now, that sounds complicated, but there are very good products out there that are very simple to deploy that will give you that. And you can even uh, obtain services around that if you haven't got the staff to monitor and maintain it. And and you were now, when you were doing your introduction, um, I, I was actually having a little a bit of a blast from the past. Um, uh, you know, when you talk about the, the early days of, of uh, computer viruses where your uh, icons disappeared and all that type of stuff. But uh, yeah. these days, the... the the bulk of what of what I'm hearing um, out there, uh, call it in the trenches, sounds to be ransomware um, events yeah. that happen. Um, can you maybe just give a, a quick overview of, of what ransomware is, and then and then what yes. the, the best mechanism is for for um, business to protect themselves against it? I mean, I think the most fundamental thing that uh, which I didn't expect you to say earlier but but like you say backup you know if you if you take your backup services seriously then you can probably work your way out of any any problem but maybe yeah like I said just explain sort of what ransomware is and and um, and and what you can yeah. do to protect yourself against it okay um, well in a nutshell ransomware is a program or a script or whatever it doesn't matter that it encrypts your files. You know, like a, a good old encryption. You know, when you go to a secure website and you see HTTPS there, you know that you are talking to the right uh, 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 the right website and nobody can see your password and username, etc. So it is uh, actually just encrypts your files. The trouble is you don't know the key to decrypt that file. And that's why it's called ransomware, because they pop up a message saying, we've encrypted all your data. So think of all your invoices, all your PODs, you know, um, all that critical documentation to your organization. 
that is now not no longer accessible to you. So, so what happens? I, what happens practically if you want to go click on a file, for example? Nothing. It won't open. It'll <laughs> throw an error. Okay. No. You know, so it'll. I'll have your Word document, double-click, Word will say, no, God, this file looks corrupt because it, it, it doesn't understand it. You know? Okay. So that's where the ransomware comes from because they want to charge you a ransom to give you that key to unencrypt your files. So to protect yourself, patches, antivirus, and also you get great functionality in your XDR solutions called ransomware encryption protection, okay. which is not looking for the virus, it's not looking for the ransomware itself, but it's looking for what the ransomware does, namely encrypt files. So if it suddenly sees, hey, there's a, a brand new process and it's encrypting a whole pile of files, stop it in its tracks. And that's how you save your, your data. So there are tools available out there, um, but yes, patching uh, uh, antivirus and, and, and then look at something like your ransomware encryption. And, and patching, when you talk about that, that's uh, really when when uh, you you um, update your uh, Microsoft Outlook, for example, with uh, I always talk about that uh, red one key that's next to your to the application or to the icon that says, "Listen, there's something that you need to do here." And then you click it and yeah. you update it and then it, it downloads the latest the latest patches, like you say. Um, it's such yeah, a simple thing to do. It's just people uh, just don't always take it seriously. Yeah, well, it can be an inconvenience. You know, a lot of people go, you know, the, <laughs> the, the system pops up and says, hey, I need to install a patch and you need to reboot. And a lot no, of people don't want to do that. Oh, I'll delay, I'll delay, I'll delay. No, there's a reason why you need that patch. You know? Uh, it is it is locking a door that was previously open. That's why you need those patches to be on there. And and it's such a simple thing. And um, and um, you know, yet a lot of people, um, you know, sort of just yeah. don't take it seriously. Yes, I think it's just a nuisance process that has to happen. Now, there's a reason why these patches are they're protecting you by applying your patches. You are. You are closing the doors that the virus or that uh, malicious actor, that hacker, can come into your system. Because one thing about ransomware is that hackers actually go after your data first. So they come into your, your organization, they get access there through as probably a vulnerability that hasn't been patched. Okay? And they will sit there and they will go and look across your network. They will find, oh, there's your accounting server. There's your file server, that's all. And then they will go and copy all that data. And they will try to sell it on the dark web. And only when they have uh, uh, think that they have uh, got everything they can out of your environment or data value, will they deploy a ransomware. Right. The ransomware is usually the last thing that they go and deploy just to get that extra bit of money out so, of this. So, Ryan, uh, can, can I ask you a question there? Um, my second last question is, uh, when you talk about that, um, it, to me, uh, and I think a, a lot of customers that I speak to almost think that, you know, their business is too small for somebody to go through all of that effort to go and try and steal their data and try and sell it on the dark web. Um, but is that the case? 
Uh, no, no business is too small. Because there is no hacker sitting behind a screen like in the movies, typing furiously on a keyboard, <laughs> trying to get into what there are, there are thousands and thousands of bots, which are previously uh, compromised servers in from government organizations to corporates that are protected, and they are automatically doing that work for the hackers. So when they go and gain access to somewhere, they just go and report back to the hackers that, hey, we've got access to this company now. And if you think about it, uh, um, if, so, if somebody says, buy, yes, your company might be too small for a hacker to go and target directly, but these bots, they're doing it automatically. Everything is connected by the internet and, and they'll report back, gain access. But your small company is actually more vulnerable than a large company because what backup plans have you got? Correct. What correct. remediation have you got? So, I mean, I've got a personal example of a friend in a company in South Africa, I won't yeah. tell you the area or whatever. Small company, but uh, uh, quite good turnover. But if they hadn't had paper printouts of all their last year's financials, they would have shut their doors perfectly mm. because they got ransomware. And even though they were saving all their files to one drive, so, you know, there's nice backup there, the ransomware encrypted those files in one drive. So they couldn't recover it, you know. So they actually had to go and pull out all those paperwork and type it all in again. Um, and it was that, it was either that or paying 50, 50 grand or 100 grand or whatever the number is. Yeah, a couple of Bitcoin, you know. Exactly. So, there's no company that's too small to to uh, be safe from it. No, not even a one-user company with his one uh, laptop. You know? Okay. Uh, everybody needs protection because, and you know, AI is now being employed by the cyber criminals, so it's even getting cleverer. So they're just so, spreading their feelers wider and and deeper and quicker, you know. So. Any bit of um, money they can make out of you basically is worth worth their while. Yep. They go and they have these vast botnets, which are all these compromised servers around the world, and they're just trying to compromise other servers, no matter whose it is or uh, and other laptops and all that, no matter who it belongs to. And they just report back to their masters when they've gone and uh, compromised another machine. And then that person goes in and sees what they can see. Huh? Um, uh, yeah, so, I, I just I love the way you you just explain it so simply and calmly. But I mean that is really what happens. So Ryan, um, when if if somebody had to listen to this now, we we always end the show by by sort of making things real. And let's say they don't they don't have comfort that they have, um, you know, all of the right things in place. Uh, what yes. is what is the best place to start? Well, the best place to start, what, in terms of uh, getting your environment secure? Yes. Well, implement an XDR solution. You know, uh, 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 they are available on the internet, but there are a lot of catalytic uh, and local supplies and all that that will assist you. It doesn't cost a fortune because these, uh, uh, these XDR solutions are usually based on per users. So if you're only five users, you're only paying that. Um, but go and get 
a, a nice XDR solution that includes patch control, includes that uh, uh, um, threat prevention that prevents uh, users from going on to a malicious site in the first place, includes antivirus, includes ransomware encryption protection. So that is a great place to start because with the patching and the threat prevention, you are now addressing, let's stop the infection in the first place and, uh, and with the AV uh, um, built-in, et cetera, you're doing that. Let, uh, let's detect and remove it. And, I, and I mean, to me, to me, that sort of coupled with the, the, the importance of backup, uh, you know, then you, you've, re, you've yes. sort of covered your bases. Now, backup should be a, the first thing you do in any organization, whenever you've got critical data. So think of what is critical to your business. What would your business not be able to, uh, um, uh, you know, live without? So be it your financial records, et cetera, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, um, so uh, back that up. And I don't mean copy it to OneDrive. Yeah. Or to Google Drive, because you've got it hooked in your operating system. Correct. You know? It's automated, so it's accessible to the ransomware. I'm talking to a separate backup solution, be it you know an external drive, or be it a dedicated backup solution that is not uh, accessible to your machine normally. Okay, excellent. So, because you can always recover if you've got your data. Okay, fantastic. Ryan, thank you very much. Um, it, uh, I always, it feels like we just have to speak a lot more about this. But uh, yeah, I think, um, I think we'll, we'll circle back and, and maybe uh, delve into some specific examples uh, because what you do is really, really interesting and you, you find all these bad guys and, and you have to fix it for customers. So um, I think we can speak about this for hours. Uh, I can be, yeah, I can go on forever. <laughs> I've got lots of stories to tell and, uh, 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 you know, a lot of suggestions and recommendations. I, I think we're going to have a, a story hour uh, maybe in the future where, where you tell us some of the real-life stories uh, because I think the more real we make it, the more seriously people will take it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, that's 100%. And, and just to finish off, yeah, a lot of people think, it can't happen to them. But yes. when it does, then it's, you know, rather be safe than sorry. Because uh, uh, there is anybody can be targeted at any time. And when it's too late, it's too late. I mean, when it's too late, it's too late. You know, it's no good buying the insurance after the house has burned down. <laughs> Ryan, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much and uh, yeah, uh, look forward to speaking again. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you listen. And uh, if you're looking for help with communications tools for your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.